Welcome to the Fearless Vampire Podcast. I'm on a heartfelt mission through the art of conversation and storytelling to inspire women to pursue their creative entrepreneurial journey with reckless abandon. I'm your host, Taylor, a six-figure photographer and business coach based in Colorado. I'm a right brain mompreneur to two toddler boys, devoted deep conversation holder, and your personal alpaca cuddle liaison. My hope is that you leave our time together feeling empowered and energized to build your dream life. Learn more at fearlessvampire.com. So we're just going to jump in and get to hear Kelly's story. I'm so excited. Kelly, I you've shared your story with me a little bit, but you have such a fascinating story. So I'm going to let you take over and just start telling us about you and your story and your passion for fitness and wellness starting at age, I'm sure it was earlier than 18, but you started doing this professionally at 18. Correct. Yeah. Taylor, it's so great to be here talking with you today. We're in um, person. Yeah, I in know. real life. This is so fun. Yeah, it's just like hanging out. I know. Yeah. Dating back to my story where it all began, I grew up in the woods of Annapolis, Maryland, like pretty much like in a remote area. It, was, it wasn't even Annapolis, Maryland. It was like 30 miles outside of Annapolis, Maryland. I went to school in Annapolis, got in the lacrosse at four, in fourth grade. Yay, lacrosse. And, Yay, lacrosse. I know. We're both a former lacrosse players. And so I was just really fascinated by the whole entire process, not just by being an athlete, but by everything that goes into it, like the physical training, um, the nutrition, um, the mental state you have to be in as an athlete. And so um, as soon as I could drive at 16, my first job was at Merritt Athletic Club in Annapolis. And I worked the front desk of this local health club. Wow. And it was awesome because they had these racket club, um, racquetball courts where I could go in, I could play in the winter, I could play wall ball. There. How funny. Yeah. I used to play racquetball with my dad. It's <laughs> oh, such a great sport. It is. Especially for lacrosse. And lacrosse is so similar because it's like that eye-hand coordination. But I even know it. I was so into, into lacrosse at that time, but I also then fell in love with going to the gym. Yeah. That, you know, along with working at a, at a gym came a free membership. So I love learning about all the different exercises. I love yeah. taking classes. Um, and as soon as I turned 18, I got my training certification and became wow. a personal trainer. Yeah. That's so cool that you knew at that young of an age that mm -hmm. this was going to be such a big piece of your life. Yeah. It was just kind of a natural fit because I was having parents of younger lacrosse players come up to me and they would say, Hey, you know, I know that you're going off to play at a D1 college. Could you train my kid? You know, could you take them through some? fitness? Can you take them through some, you know, ball handling skills, just whatever you've done on your yeah. path? Because I was just, as even as a kid, I was like a little type A. I like to say I'm reformed type yeah. A at this time. <laughs> That's hilarious. As, as a kid, I was like so intense about it. You know, yeah. I grew up with no neighbors or anything. So I didn't ever know what the other kids were doing. It wasn't like we had this group um, How interesting. So I was just like, everyone's always practicing. I have to get ready for tryouts. So in my mind, I create this like competition of like, oh my gosh, I have to, you know, run the fastest mile and I, you know, need to be um, the best out there to make yeah. the team. And so I always over prepared and it served me well in many ways because it did it help me in my career. It also helped me to go off to play Division One lacrosse at Johns Hopkins University. That's and incredible. so going into Johns Hopkins, I was already a personal trainer. So I continued teaching there at the rec center and I started writing a health and fitness column for our school paper. How fun. It was really fun. So I was writing about topics, you know, about how drinking green tea instead of coffee at the midnight hour in the yeah. library, because it's a school that was like very academically yes. intense. So we would always say like, okay, on a Saturday night, the library is the most the place busy, to be, yeah, yeah. the place to be, the most packed place around That's campus. Cool. And I went to a party college. So like <laughs> the library was dead most days of the week, yeah. unless it was finals week. So that's right. so funny. Right. Oh my gosh. So I just stayed on that path and people were coming up to me, students who I didn't even know. They were like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. I loved your column. I love that dorm room workout that you had. Because I showed up moving into my dorm room with my 15 pound, like rusty dumbbells I had. Oh you know, my gosh, <laughs> you developed a name for yourself super early on. But it was really just a passion. It was like, yeah. I was so hungry to learn. And how I learn best is through teaching mm -hmm. and through writing and processing. So I had just always written and taught my way through every process I've gone through in the fitness industry. 
which has been really cool. That's really amazing, Kelly. Thank you. It's, it's been fun. So when I graduated college, I had all these articles I had written. And I was like, oh, I want to put this into the you know, paper of the Annapolis Capitol wow. or the Delaware Wave. So I got started having my column published in the Annapolis Capitol on Sundays, the Delaware Wave. So I was getting emails from people of all different ages and working professionals just saying, hey, thanks. I really loved your column this week. Yeah. Um, I was going around doing interviews of like local running stores and, you know, group workouts are happening. And it was just very creative and fun. And at the time, after college, um, after playing D1 lacrosse, I went into training for marathons. So I was yeah. writing about that. And yeah, and it just kept evolving as I went along. I love that you you have such a holistic approach to like the whole body is part of your training process. Mm -hmm. Because there are people who get so fixated on that one thing. And we had talked about this the last time I was here was they get fixated on running or going to yoga or just meditating or just focusing on nutrition and not supporting their body in other ways. So why, why was that so ingrained in you at such a young age? And I imagine it's probably ebbed and flowed, right? Like over oh, the years of like obsessions, how, how did you just gain this understanding that, that we are a whole body and we mm. need, cause el elemental conditioning, you incorporate the five elements into yeah. your business and what they mean to you. So where did that come from? Where did that just knowing come from? I don't know if there was so much of a knowing as my own experience of being that person going so hard into one immersive experience, like going wholeheartedly into lacrosse and sports performance and sports mm -hmm. nutrition and then into marathons and half marathons and you know trying to run as fast as I could for as long as I could yeah. um, learning so much about that in depth and then I got involved after that I went to the other end of the spectrum and I became an IFBB pro so an Air international federation of bodybuilders yeah physique competitions and it was all strength training changing your body composition um, a very intense lifestyle, not mm -hmm. just diet. So I think that experience really shaped my holistic approach now because I had to go through so much grit in yes. that experience. <laughs> it was so time intensive going from lacrosse to marathons, but the the bodybuilding was not something I like went into on purpose. I kind of mm -hmm. stumbled into it. I had all these articles I was writing and I wanted to form my first website. And I was like, oh, I want to have photos to show that I am living the lifestyle. Yeah. So I worked with a trainer and she was competing in these figure physique competitions. And she's like, you know, Kelly, you did so great this first round, this first 12 week round of getting ready for your first photo shoot. Your website's now live. Um, you have all this great information. You're offering in-home training. This was mm -hmm. back when I was back in Maryland. And she's like, they have this new division called the bikini division in bodybuilding. Like you should try it. So it had just gotten started. I ended up winning my first contest and I got sent to nationals. That's so cool. And I got second at nationals. It was kind of like that competitor in me was like, oh, like I want to get first. So what do you do? Everything yeah. I've always done. I'm going to hire who, who do the pros work with. Yeah. I'm going to hire that coach to work with. I'm going to do the nutrition. I'm going to do the training. And I did that for years. I ended up becoming a pro. I got my pro card. It's amazing. Thank you. It so was so cool. It was a fun journey. And along that journey, it led me from Maryland. I had just finished graduate school. I got my master's degree in exercise science and mm -hmm. health promotion. And I got this job being a content writer for a virtual training site. And I could work anywhere in the world. And I'm Googling. I'm like, where is a good place where to, do go? I want to go in now? your early 20s yeah. and you're single and you know, you you're able just to be anywhere. And then I was like, Hermosa Beach, California. I'm going there. So I'm going to LA. So that's how I ended up going out to Los Angeles. And it was like the Mecca of fitness. Yes. Um, so I went so deep in my training. And the thing is, is that it really became my identity at that point. Because here it was my profession. It was what I did for a sport. I was this professional You were immersed in it. Immersed in it. Um, I had connected with agents who sent me on auditions to be in fitness videos. So my very wow. first audition I landed in LA was um, 
I didn't know. It was for P90X. No so way. I, that was one of my I, first like committed <laughs> workouts was P90X. Yeah. And then they came out with T25. Right. I was deep in the beach body world oh, for a while. Oh, cool. You know, I show up at Santa Monica and they're just like, okay, do some push-ups, all this stability ball and some like harder moves. And I was just like, okay, but you know, I had the strength because I was training for strength at that time. And uh, they're like, great. I get a call back. I'm like, you're hired. I'm like, oh, cool. For what? They're like P90X2. You're going to be in chest, back and balance. That's so, so cool. So that I don't know that. A lot of connections yeah. for me because the nerd in me was like, oh, I want to learn all about this. I got to be a part of their process in forming the videos. I would go show up at practices and they had, you know, trainers and physical therapists, everybody working on this program. It was a really very cool experience to just see like, oh, this is behind the scenes. Yeah. And so, yeah, so I had all that going on. I kept on going to these fitness modeling gigs and it really became my identity. And it kind of, um, it, it didn't end the way I thought it was going yeah, to. Yeah, how because, did that look? Well, you know, after a while, the strict diet and I didn't, I was going from competition to competition. Um, you know, you're on such a, a low calorie amount and you're doing so much training and you're just trying to get as like ripped as possible, right. like maintain your lean muscle mass, build lean muscle mass, lose your body fat. But it's all subjective. You show up on stage and it's somebody else's opinion of you. And I start to care more about what other people thought about me than what I thought about myself. Ooh, that's a lot of self-awareness because yeah. that's what that's what you're signing up for mm -hmm. when you go into these spaces. It wasn't expected. It just slowly happened over time. And I was so used to weighing out my food and my training was so regimented that if I drifted away from that in any way, it created a lot of anxiety for me. Yeah. So it became body dysmorphia over time. Yeah. Um, and and I it's was, funny because you were at probably the peak of your fitness and yeah. you still have body dysmorphia. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so I looked like this picture of health and I was, you yeah. know, in magazines and doing all these different things in fitness videos and infomercials and all. But I was like, I'm not happy. I don't have a social life. I went to the endocrinologist and he's like, this isn't healthy for you. Your thyroid is suffering because you're doing too much cardio. You're not eating enough. Wow. And mentally it was, it just be, it really just overtook me yeah. over time. So from that experience, I had to like dig my way back into, right. well, who am I and what is balance? Yeah. And so elemental conditioning was really born out of the experience of finding my way back to balance. And mm -hmm. like, I have all, you know, even from all that lifting, it's like, I have all these imbalances in my body. I, I felt so tight, so wound mm -hmm. up. My nervous system was so wound up from everything. And it, it was from the inside out that I was just like, wow, I need to go rebuild myself from the inside out. Right. Um, versus, That's so insightful. Thank you. Yeah. I've always, I've always had that spiritual connection to any sort of competition I've done, any sort of like movement. It's not really just about, oh, I'm doing the movement. I'm just going to go from like point A to point B, do this competition, do this race and, you know, just check it off. It's more like, wow, the, the transformative experience that you get from everything that you learn along the way even if it's great, even if it's not great, it's like all of it together is what makes the experience and it helps form my own philosophy. And yeah. for each person, it's their own journey. Yeah. So um, yeah, it was just uh, a rebuilding process. You know, I really went out in the nature a lot. I was like, discovered hiking in yeah. LA had some great hikes. And I was like, going on road trips. I had clients in different areas of the state. And I was like, oh, I'll come down and meet you. You're in San Diego. I'll come down and meet you and start your program. And we'll do check-ins, you know, online or over the phone. And, you know, I'll just come in and check in periodically because I want to, I want, at that time, wanted to get out of this bubble that I created. Like, this is who I am here. Yeah. This is like the image that I've created here. And I, I realized I'm not totally happy. Mm -hmm with that. And so I just went on this big journey of discovering like, what do I love? I started surfing. I started hiking. I started doing yoga and mobility training and Pilates and things to break up my routine. Because from being in a gym for at least like two hours every day, most days of the week, it was hard for me to go into a gym. When I decided to stop competing, you know, I made it to the Olympia. Like that was like the peak 
bit of, you know, it's like the peak level of bodybuilding is like to go to the Olympia. I was the only competitor that year who didn't have like implants and wow. anything else, you yeah. know, and here I am like five, two and standing up on stage in Las Vegas. And I remember getting my check-in. Our coaches used to come and, you know, check your conditioning. So yeah. part of the name elemental conditioning is like the condi our conditioning yeah. and breaking away from the societal conditioning. Oh, they would come and be like, oh yeah, this looks good. You know, here's your nutrition for the rest of the day. How much water to drink? And I asked him, I was like, I was like, when do you stop doing this? And he goes, when it stops being fun. Mm. And I realized, I was like, it's not it's fun. Not fun. Oh it's not gosh. fun. Here I am at this pinnacle that I've worked so hard to reach that I've turned down so many social engagements and different things or just things I, I probably felt like I should have been experiencing in my early 20s. And I just wasn't because I was on this other path, but it wasn't making me healthy. It wasn't making right. me happy. I was like, yeah, this isn't fun. And I remember standing on stage at the Olympia, looking out over the crowd and I had to put the smile on my face and oh, go through this like no. cozy routine. And I was like, this is it? This, this is, is my this is my pinnacle. Yeah. This is like what I've been working so hard for. And it was a total letdown. What do you think it is about that? Because mm -hmm. I feel like, I mean, I, I hear that a lot from mm -hmm. entrepreneurs who get to the peak of their career and they're like, this isn't what I thought it was going to be mm -hmm. or fitness or, I mean, everybody eventually gets to that pinnacle experience yeah. where they're like, uh, here we are. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now what? Like now what? It, like I'm not. Why do you think that is? I think because it's an end and a new beginning. It's a portal into something else. I love so, that word portal. Yeah. I love it's it. Like, it's like here I was like it, looking out over the crowd there. I was like, this is a, I'm in a portal to something better. Like it showed me what is health and fitness? Like you've done everything to look the part, to be yeah. the part. And you're not, this is not your value system. This is not what you find to be health and fitness. So what it was a turning point for me of saying, what does that look like? Yeah. And I had to go on a journey to figure that out for myself versus, oh, here's what it looks like for this person. Here's what the magazines and the experts say that it's supposed to be and what it's supposed to look like. And I had to go put together my own toolbox. Well, and it's funny that you mentioned your, like, your bubble in LA because LA is even like physically shaped to be a bubble. Mm. You walk one block to the grocery store, you walk one block to your right. favorite coffee shop. And like the, the times that we have visited LA, I'm like, <gasps> like yeah. I haven't got Like I haven't gone more than a quarter mile from where we're staying. And mm -hmm. this feels really suffocating. So even I mean, when you are engrossed in like literally a physical block system right. of where you leave and where you work out and where mm -hmm. you eat and, and everybody you knows you to be this way. Yeah. And then you're in this place where like, but I want something more. I know that I'm more than this. You need I to drive to the ocean. Different. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I, I needed to break away from the bubble. So I really did. I went on these journeys. I started Airbnb being out my Hermosa beach apartment and I would go on these road trips and I would drive up, you know, to Mount Shasta and I would hike, I would meet amazing people. I would find these awesome, very transcendent experiences along the way. And it really changed my life. That is it, so cool. it changed my view. And so in 2018, I went on what I call my sabbatical. And, you know, at the time, once again, everything looked great. I was doing wellness in the workplace. Like it was awesome. Like I had learned so much from my own journey of like restoring my health and, yeah. you know, including mobility training and this whole system of what elemental conditioning now is, is what I was teaching you know, through these seminars and wellness in the workplace. And it was fun. It was awesome. I was working with the manufacturing division of Nike and we were doing global wellness challenges. And it was great, but I still knew there was something more. I, I still had that like call of the wild almost. Yes. Like, there's something that I need to do for me to make myself really happy. And I bought a one-way ticket to India. And I- You eat, pray, love day? I totally oh my did gosh. my own <laughs> eat, pray, love. I didn't do Italy. Italy has to come at some point. Maybe yeah. I did all like the cheaper places to go. That's in fair. Solo travel. Yeah. <laughs> I love that you did that. 
know. That's so, terrifying. It's yeah. scary to, to solo travel as a yeah. woman, especially internationally. I did safely. I felt pretty good doing it. I had already gone on a retreat to India. I went on a meditation retreat to Rishikesh with a group. So I kind of had a little bit of my bearings and all. I had my passport and my visa for mm. India. So I was like, okay, I think I can do this. And then I, I found this eco ashram and oh. they were doing panchakarma which is like a deep cleanse it's like over the course of 21 days to a month and so you i've have, heard of this what was that experience cool. like well i had already done these vipassana these silent meditation retreats yeah. and i felt like i was building up to this experience because going there you know you don't have anything there's no tv you can only go up to like the little cafe to get wi-fi and do emails and things um, but you're just in nature they had yoga classes available. It was a lot of reflective time, mm. tons of reflective time. And they do a lot How of How cathartic for that stage that you were in though. Exactly. Like, let's just get, it was kind of feeling like, let's get rid of the things that are not me and get to the purest source of who I am and build out from there. I wish doctors would prescribe, like, you need to go on a retreat. Go yes. be in nature for 21 days and don't bring anything with you. Like, yes, exactly. I, I, I wish they would prescribe that. If there were facilities like that, right, yeah. where people can go and here are healthy meals and here's activities, you know, that meditation, yoga, hiking that you yeah. can do. And then we would have treatments done that are very intense, that cleanse your body in ways beyond anything. that you would ever want to do yeah. <laughs> yes exactly I don't think I would I don't know if I would do it all again you know yeah. at that time my life it was definitely needed but it was intense it was a very intense experience and how I, long were you there 25 days you were there for the full, yeah, the full, full treatment wow full treatment. yeah and I left and I felt lighter and brighter and just like what they talk about in meditation, like yeah. getting to that point of bliss. Like I felt like I had nothing, but yet I had everything. I was living with like just a suitcase and I'm in this foreign country. I wasn't with friends or community, but I felt within myself. Like I, for the first time in a long time, I was like, oh, this is me. Like this is who How I am. It you was, stripped all the layers. It stripped the layers. Yeah. yeah. And it was cool. It was, it, you know, then I went into the city of Mysore and I did more of an intense yoga practice. I went into Ashtanga and I learned a lot from that. But once yeah. again, it was a little bit more type A coming back in because that wasn't totally um, right. like, you yeah. know, cleansed out, I guess. Um, <laughs> but I ended up doing breath work there. That was amazing. I had this awesome teacher who was in his 80s and he taught me how to breathe and have a breath work practice. And it changed my life because my nervous system wasn't mm -hmm. in this fire flight mode, even in like the chaos of India. Like it can be intense sometimes. Yeah. Um, things weren't jarring me or triggering me um, because of this deep practice. And that's really the key is like not just to do breath work here and there, but like have a personal practice. Mm -hmm. That is so, so important. And intentional. Yeah. Yeah. Having, having that for yourself. Mm -hmm. That was life changing. And then I went to Bali. And then, so, so, and end of story. And, yeah, That's exactly. Amazing. And then Bali was just, you know, it was coming in the springtime. You did do I your own eat, 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 pray, yeah. love in three sections, yes. all in India. Yeah. That's amazing. And I also went to Sri Lanka and did like a little journey there. It was awesome because oh, Sri Lanka is very, very Buddhist. Mm -hmm. So different than India. India but very can feel like very chaotic sometimes, mm -hmm. but Sri Lanka felt like, wow, like look how beautiful everything is. It just felt like you were in a huge national park. Oh my god! So that was amazing. Um, I'm I did buy a lot some of tickets. Yeah. I'll do some Googling. Yeah. And then, and then Bali. And then, so that was, Bali like was like my, my integration. And it's kind of interesting because in corrective exercise, we have this continuum and it's like, okay, first you have to inhibit and you have to release the tightness yeah. and then you have to lengthen things back out and then you have to teach them how to reactivate. So you have that connection between your brain, and your body again, and you build those neurological pathways, yeah. but then you have to integrate everything so you can actually move in life. You're not just going to be sitting here, you know, being like, okay, there's my gluteus medius, fire my gluteus medius. Yeah. You need to be able to go bike and you need to go on hikes and like put your body in the motion in an integrated way. Way. And so in my own way, through that trip, it was like teaching me to integrate everything again, not just my body, but in my life. Wow. So when I showed up back in LA, I'm like, I'm a different person. I ended up moving to like my little soul city of North County, San Diego, Encinitas. I love it. And so yeah, so that was my journey. And then elemental conditioning was really born at a silent meditation retreat at my very first Vipassana. I was like, 
everything can be explained in terms of the elements. I love it. Oh <laughs> my gosh. Everything requires balance. Yeah. And so my philosophy and system has been built from the life experiences, my journey, my education, you know, you know, always coming from, you know, that background of having that like science as well. Yeah. But then also bringing things in the balance and realizing that we are not machines. The mm-hmm. body is not a mechanical machine. It's really, we are a part of nature. Yeah. That's so cool, Callie. I we're it's funny because we're right next to Jackie's office, yeah. and I had recorded an, a, a podcast with Jackie, and she was one of the first people to tell me when I started on my healing journey that she's like, your mind and your body don't trust each other, mm-hmm. and you had just touched on that, and I was like, why not? They're connected <laughs> physically, but even still, I'm still learning how to get my, my mind and my body to trust each other and to work together. And then you brought it up at our meeting last week Mm -hmm. of like this, cause I mean, things that I want to do with my body, I feel like I'm not able to do. And then you mentioned the the mind body connection. And I was like, there it is. There's still not BFFs yet. Um, We're working on that. So I think that is really a really cool just, well, I would love to hear, I was going to say segue, but I guess I'm, I'm going to hold off on that. I would love to hear how you ended up in BV, how yeah. you ended up here, how you ended up with like an actual brick and mortar mm-hmm. business serving our community and what that looked like. Cause you've also just recently become a mother, which is so cool. And I want to hear how that plays into everything mm-hmm. of being a whole person with a whole body and experience mm-hmm. and what, what that transition looked like. So how did you move? How, how did you end up here in this little baby town yeah. in Colorado. <laughs> I feel like all of us who are here, like ask each other that question. How did you, how did you end up yeah. here from LA? <laughs> yeah. From, yeah, yeah. from, yeah. Yeah. How did um, you get here? So when I, after my journey, I realized one of the things I really wanted in my life, I didn't experience at all during my core working years in California was love. I didn't date, you know, I didn't connect. I, I didn't have that intimacy in my soul. When I got to that core space within my soul, I was like, I want that. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I need to make, I need to put myself out there. I need to have the courage to do something that I haven't really conditioned myself to do before, which mm-hmm. is be vulnerable and hey, I have intimacy and things like that. And so it was another layer of me being very true and raw with myself. Mm-hmm. Um, going into the dating world. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and, so and this was, was in San- Encinada? This is what Encinitas. So in- yes, this one I was, was in um, San Diego. So I started working at the Golden Door, which is a beautiful retreat center. It's been around for 60 years. I mean, it's an amazing experience. I was a yeah. teacher and a trainer there. And I was just getting things kind of back on track with like my new way of being, you yeah. know, I was still, I was still doing wellness in the workplace. I was working there and teaching classes around, but I'm like, oh, I'm going to also make time for me and make time for me to serve and time for me to do classes, not just teach them yeah. all. And I, I want to meet somebody. I want to date. And so ironically, my husband now is somebody who my sister was friends with. I knew for years. How funny. Yeah. And my sister was a yoga teacher here in Golden. You had just and never so opened that door before. I never opened that door. And he was traveling for work in marketing. So he found me on Facebook because the connection of like people you may know. Yeah. Through my sister. So you sister. technically met online. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he was like, hey, I'm going to be in San Diego for work. And I'm going to be here for like a week. Do you want to meet up? So we met up in 2019, had this amazing conversation, just like for the first time, I feel like I really connected with somebody on so many different aspects of life and values and philosophies. Probably very unintentionally too. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So at that point though, I was like, no, I'm just going to work on myself for this year because I felt like I was a little, I went into online dating in San Diego. And I, I just got a little scarred from it. I think I was like, yeah, I'm taking fair. a break. I'm yeah. going to take a break for a year. Yeah. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and that's when he shows up, right? And so, yeah, yeah, so that's when he shows up. And I was like, not really totally open to a relationship, but he comes back the next year in 2020. And I'm in a totally different space. I'm like in this space of like, Your really, years like, up. Yeah, yeah, like, like aligning yeah. with who I am. I had started elemental conditioning there, just doing outdoor workouts. I was still teaching classes and personal training and coaching, but I was really coming to terms of like what elemental conditioning was and what my own method was. Yeah. Um, so I was, I was feeling like, God, I made good progress here with, within myself. Maybe now I'm in a different place. 
So I really felt that door opened. He came back into town and things were just so different for the both of us. Yes. Everything was so different. And we just had this amazing time together. I ended up taking a week off work, not even knowing who was coming to town, but I had off work the week that he was there. The stars aligned. So the stars aligned. Wow. And we did this amazing like surf camping adventure. We went out to Joshua Tree. We slept under the stars and just had like this amazing connection. And then COVID hit a few oh. weeks later. So we started dating. We're like, yes, we're going to do this long distance relationship. And COVID hit. And they were closing down the beaches. I got laid off from work. He got laid off from his job traveling with Kawasaki. And I was like, what are we going to do? This is crazy. And we didn't know what was going to become of it. He goes, I have a place in the mountains. He had bought a place here in Buena Vista. So he had a condo here that he has a short-term rental because he was here for camp out for a cause and different activities and climbing 14ers. And he loves Colorado. And he's like, let's go to my place in the mountains. Everything's shut down. I can't Airbnb it. We'll live there. I'm like, okay. Okay. Trust me. You had just started. (laughs) Yes. Six weeks in. Six weeks in. Pack up my SUV. My dog's like on top of all of the suitcases and everything. And we drive out through Sedona, stop in Sedona, have a great time, you know, come out here to the mountains. And we had a a really, I hate to say it sometimes, but we ended up having a nice quarantine together because we got to really come together. You know, we didn't have other things. Don't feel bad about that. That's that's amazing. You should, you should honor that. We were outside, we were hiking, we were snowshoeing up Monarch and snowboarding down and um, cooking together. We had all this one-on-one time. They say that COVID really would break relationships or make, or make them. Yeah. And gratefully it made our relationship. And That's so incredible. we ended up getting engaged right here in BV along the river. And then we got married at the surf hotel and then um, went on our honeymoon. And six months later, we were pregnant with the river. That's so exciting. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That happened so fast. It but when you know, fast. you know. Exactly. And especially when you have that condensed quality time mm-hmm. during quarantine to, and you moved in together for the first yeah. time after six weeks, like to get to be able to really condense a relationship and do that much time mm-hmm. and see if it's really going right. to like stand the test. Because in most relationships, I'd be like, okay, I'll, I'm busy this week. I'll see you next week. We might see them once a week. We were together every day and really doing all these activities that we enjoyed together. And going through really hard stuff. Going that was through a hard lot of stuff. cultural shifts and changes during that time absolutely going through this time of the unknown yeah so it actually brought us closer together and now we have this little family we love bv came back i started the studio here right here on east main street and it's been going great i was gonna say the response yeah the response to you being here seems it's like a buzz like i feel like i i I was hearing your name for like a year before we actually met of people who just love what you're doing here because you also have this approach Kelly of honoring people where they are. And you say things like this exercise has to fit you, Mm -hmm. not the other way around. You're not supposed to fit into this package in this box and this, this workout, or even one of my girlfriends that, that sees you said she came in one day just crying. And you were like, okay, we're doing a mindfulness exercise yeah. instead. And she said it changed her life. Aww. But instead of saying, okay, well, come on, just get over it. So we can go on to what I already had planned that, for exactly. you. Oh, here's a program for you yeah, today. Here's the we program. Have to stay on stick. Track. Yeah. yeah. I think it's so important to honor the fluctuations in life, and mm-hmm. especially as women. It's like, we're not just supposed to run on this clock where it's like, okay, it's 7am and I get up and, you know, do my workouts. Just, I'm going to keep getting better and better and better until I reach my goal. It's like, no, life is not like that. There Our bodies be, aren't designed that way no, either. Uh-uh. We're supposed to have these ebbs and flows and a variance and in intensity levels. Um, even elite athletes, I mean, they have periodization. They're not just like this elite quarterback all the time you know they have to have time for recovery and we have to think of ourselves like that in our day-to-day life we are our own elite athletes in many ways Mm -hmm. you know doing outdoor activities training to feel good to you know do our day-to-day activities take care of our families Mm -hmm. um do our professions let life happen yeah and let life happen and life is not there's no program. There's mm-hmm. no fitness program for life. They're like, okay, here you go. Just start doing this. And this is going to carry you all the way through until you're 102. <laughs> you know? yeah. Just, um, yeah. it, it's, we really have to, people are 
you know, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual beings. And I think it's so important to bring in all those different elements mm -hmm. in the fitness and honor that, you know, sometimes people, their physical body isn't feeling, you know, a hundred percent because they have something that they're dealing with emotionally. Yeah. And working through that, through softness and compassion is so key. Yeah. Um, and just like, this is where your body is today. And just knowing that things change, even if you're in a state where you're like, gosh, I just feel so out of shape or I feel so low energy. That's not forever. Yeah. Right. Like everything changes. That's the only guarantee in life is that, you know, it changes even on your days that you feel the best. That's not forever. Yeah. You know, there are right. days that you, you yeah. need to take a break. There is a lot of shame though around like, I didn't want to show up today, but I did anyway. Like, <laughs> yeah. why? Why didn't you just lay, lay there, there <laughs> lay there and watch Hallmark movies? Yeah, like, why did you process? Yeah, yeah. I, I I'm curious. Was that a hurdle for you? Was that something that showed up a lot for you? Because you were in such a high intense mm -hmm. space for a long time. Like is that why you are so compassionate for people when they cannot show up? Because I that know day? what it's like to override. Mm -hmm. Oh, I feel this way. I, I'm exhausted. I'm hungry. Yeah. <laughs> um, my body wants, you know, needs, you know, I'm like craving red meat or I need more fat. Or I need, you know, carbs, but this is, that's not my diet plan. Yeah. I'm not going to do it. And I was that person that like followed things like just as they are. And it didn't turn out well. Mm -hmm. And so I learned the hard way how to be compassionate with myself and know that the emotions and that part of us is just as important because anything out of balance, if you go so extreme in one way, yeah. things eventually are going to have to swing back. Right. And there was a time in my life that I was so intense and hardcore for so long that I had to go so deeply into just being in deep rest to recover yeah. just to get back to baseline. So I don't want that for people. I want people to, you know, just be able to handle their ebbs and flows right. and find their capacity and honor their humanness Yeah, and, and, and be okay with that. And they still progress, you know, that way you're going to progress happily. You're going to mm -hmm. progress in a way that um, you feel stronger. And it might not be week to week, especially as women. It's like, okay, well, you know, maybe your cycle's coming. You need more rest and, you know, you need more calories during that time. Yeah. But then it's going to ebb and flow. And then, you know, coming back through the follicular phase, you're going to feel coming back through the follicular phase. You're going to be feeling, you know, well, now I can see my gains. Now I can yeah. see, you know, the changes versus every day being so hard on ourselves, like yeah. just waiting for the scale to move or just waiting for body composition to change. Yeah. I just posted today that my pendulum swung, like started swinging in mm. 2021, where I was like, I can't, I can't ignore the mental health piece of mm -hmm. everything. And it's interesting because we're in the summer, uh, right, right, right now we're at the end of summer. And every time I see a friend or a colleague, they're like, how are you? Because yeah. historically summer and fall are always really chaotic and yeah. My default response was, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. I just wanted to end. I'm so busy. And lately I've been saying, you know what? I'm kind of bored. Yeah. It's really nice. Yes. And I love feeling bored because to me, boredom means my, my nervous system is finally calm. It's mm -hmm. not being triggered. It's not being, you know, I'm not getting an adrenaline hit every time I have a really uncomfortable conversation with somebody. And it's been really liberating to tell people I'm a little bored. And I love it because being bored means I'm showing up and in much more real ways to my mm -hmm. job, for my kids, for my marriage mm -hmm. and that, but that's my pendulum swinging to yes. like, I know eventually it's going to level out. It's going to come back to the middle where I'm like, okay, I'm not bored and I'm also not burnt out. Like here's, yes. here's the safe space. And you're, you're a piece of that. My therapy is a piece mm -hmm. of that. My friendships, my marriage, my work, like it's all pieces of it. But for so long I had focused on work yeah. and even doing things like P90X, like yeah. I would be exhausted from, from working myself so physically mm -hmm. like, in debt. But then I was like, I've got to do my workout or I've got to go on a run. I hate running, yeah. but I would make myself go run. And, mm, and that's was... the balance of, we can still have discipline. Yeah. You know, we can still show up and come to the training session, but it's not like, Oh, I'm going to have to do a crazy hard workout today. Even though I feel like everything in my body is saying like, I'm sore, I'm achy. It's not for me today. 
you can still do something. Yeah. And that is a win. Well, yeah, and that it's way you hold your, the accountability. You're training your brain. Like yes. you can trust me. And that's part of, for me, the, 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 the mind body connection was like, what can I commit to, to showing up to myself today mm-hmm. so that my, my body and my brain are talking and connecting right. and trusting each other that I will show up even if it's not at the level that I thought it was going to be. Exactly. Exactly. And that's how we make progress is that we just show up and we still do something that's in alignment with your goals. That is just maybe at a lower intensity, maybe mm-hmm. lighter weight, a slower speed. Maybe we're not doing hit training that day. Right. Um, but the, the day's for the hit training and heavier weight and all that will come around again. But yeah, as long as you're showing up and you're keeping that consistent, you're building a habit. And that's what I really want to teach people is that fitness is a lifestyle. Yeah. You know, it's not something that you do for 12 weeks and get a result and then you're done and then you have to yo-yo back and forth. It's gotta be sustainable. It, it has to be sustainable. Yeah. And the only way things can be sustainable is if we really honor you know, where we're at. What was that transition like for you, Kelly, leaving the super hardcore fitness industry mm-hmm. and being content with your life and mm. with being happy? Because that that's something that I'm going through personally. And I know a lot of, I think it's a big shift in our culture of like yeah. performance. And now people are like, I just want to be content. I want to be content with what I have. I, I want to be content with just, not just being like a mother, but just being a mother. I want to be content with this is enough money or this is fit enough or I'm healthy enough. What has that transition been like for you? Mm, that's a great question. You had to move it's from LA hard. first. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard when you know what you're capable of mm-hmm. and to do anything for me, just to go to a class, you know, at studio or just to do a workout didn't feel hard enough. It didn't feel like I yeah. was like really able to check that box off of the day. Cause I'm like, Oh, this isn't what I'm used to. I've done such intense stuff for so long that my mind and my wanted to do more, but my body, that's where the mind body connection had come up. My body was saying, no, please like, let's take a break from that for a little bit. We can still move and move in a healthy way, but let's not go into that place where it's so, so strict and so mm-hmm obsessive yeah obsessive yeah Yeah, exactly because that the mind isn't happy there either right so i think there was some ego uh, i had to work through when i moved of like oh i was doing these you know seminars i was doing i was an ifb pro and in my own world that mattered so much to me but in the big world of everybody and community it really doesn't matter it just mattered to me and that showed me that it was ego yeah um and so i just had to sit with that you know that's uncomfortable that's where meditation really Mm -hmm. came in because you're like oh i could just go back to doing that i could just go back to that way of being just flip a switch but that's not going to get me anywhere in the long run that's not sustainable that's not going to lead to my goals of where I'm at now with having a family and having the balance of having a business and having time to do things I enjoy. It's like, I am so much happier with that than when I held the title of you know, fitness expert consultant, I was sitting in four or five traffic for hours and having to be somewhere and have long days on set and go home and still have work to do. Um, I know I can do that, but it's like, do I really want to? Yeah. And I think that's where we have to come into contact with our why it's like, why I got started with this whole journey when I was 16, 18 years old was because I loved it. It's because I had fun with it. It was enjoyable. Yeah. And I kept going. I kept progressing. And and in some ways it looked like, oh, I'm succeeding. But what is success if you're not truly feeling joy? Yeah. And, and that's, that's where I found contentment is like letting some things go. It's like, oh, even though I know I can push and I could strive, I could create so much more. It's like, that's going to pull from this other cup of joy and happiness right. and contentment. Do you um, have a piece of advice or what, what would you tell someone who can't as much as we all would love to have our own eat, pray, love journey, mm-hmm. who, who can't so much go to the extreme? Like I would love those like dream. <laughs> and for me, like I went to Costa Rica with, uh, with Jenna, with Jala Blue Beautiful. and that was amazing. And that was somebody cooking for me and I got to be just in meditation mm-hmm. or yoga all day long, but I know it's not totally feasible for everyone. So how do you, I know for me, 
I had the the physical manifestations mm-hmm. where it had to stop. Like mm-hmm. I couldn't keep going at that pace. Right. But what would you, what, what advice would you give to somebody who can't go to that extreme and maybe their body isn't quite communicating with them at the other extreme of pain or fatigue? Mm-hmm. Where do they start? Like, where do you start in just finding what's going to bring you joy? Sure. So I create this daily tracker and it was mm-hmm. when I was doing wellness in the workplace and kind of really combating burnout. So yeah. many people are burnt out, you know, they wake up, you know, there's not even time for themselves to do anything. Mm-hmm. They just have to get in their car, drive to work, they're at work all day, you know, very little time each week is really spent like, oh, what matters to me? Yeah. Um, so I create this journal and it's actually the opt-in on my website. Oh, so Yay. when you uh, subscribe to our newsletter, you get the daily tracker in your email. And the daily tracker ha- is all about the process of moving from burnout into more balance in your yeah. life and how it's a journey. And like to really see each day as an adventure, you don't have to go to Sri Lanka and go to right. Bali and like, you know, do all these classes. That was a very select time in my life that I could do that. And yeah. it was like, kind of like the river was flowing that way. And it's like, I'm like, I'm going to jump in and take this journey. Cause I don't know if I'll ever get that opportunity back yeah. again. Um, and so I'm glad I did it at that point. And I think we all have moments in our life. It's like, you got to do it now or you just won't do it. Yeah. And you have to act on those. But where I'm at now in my life, you know, I'm a mother, my son is almost 11 months old oh. and it, it's the best. And it's, but just realizing this is a different kind of best. Yeah. So I'm not longing for this old best of, you know, what used to be great, you know, in my early twenties, what used to be great. Like in my early thirties, it's more like, this is my great joy now. Yeah. And how can I make each day an adventure? So we have these different tracking sheets and you have a vision board and you have free writing and you can create your morning routine as simply with like healthy breakfast, sitting outside, listening to the birds chirp and the sunrise, drinking tea little moments. Yeah. Um, I heard a word the other day called a glimmer instead of a trigger. Yes. So I love like, you. Yeah, I just learned about that too. Yeah. 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 The glimmers. So yeah, there's a great reel that really shows that I'm like, oh, I'm like, and it had like sunlight coming through. I'm like, this is beautiful. This is a, you know, it's a short great way. Yeah. yeah. And it's a window to notice the good. Yeah. So maybe you're not on this epic experience, but in that's in its own way, like a peak experience too. It's it's kind of still falling into that. Like, oh, I need that peak immersive experience. Right. And in life, it's more about the balance. So it's like, we can have these little moments of good. We have these little moments of challenge throughout each day. Mm-hmm. And you're just kind of like logging your day as you go, which is so fun. You're noticing creative ideas that come up, affirmations, how you can really wire your mind movement that you did for your body. I really Um, love that. I didn't know that you you offered that. Yeah. It's a very holistic and integrated approach where it's not just fitness. It's like, oh, these are all the other elements that play into your fitness journey, even though this is your main goal and like my, my background and my main stream of being able to help you is like, here are some other things to pull in on the journey. Yeah. You had mentioned habits earlier. And since we're on the topic Mm -hmm. of building these habits, what's one of your quirkiest habits or one of your, one of your habits that you are most fiercely protective over? Hmm. Oh, that's a hard one. <laughs> um, I would say one thing. I love desserts. You, you do? Know, I do. Yeah. I love desserts. And, and I make that I like all healthy. I mean, I, I am like still true to the values of like, you know, you know refined oils Nourish, and yeah. like, you know, real food, things like that. But like, I like having a sweet flavor. And so I eat dessert first. <gasps> Good for you. Yeah, I like to eat dessert first because I know I'm going to have it, especially if we go out. I know I'm going to get it. We have so many great gluten-free options, healthier options too. So it's like, it makes it even more tempting to get dessert because you're like, oh, right. this is also in alignment with what I what I recommend and what I enjoy. But also it has a little bit to do with what I learned through Ayurveda when I was doing Panchakarma. And it's that we need different flavors and tastes to satisfy our palate. Mm-hmm. So if you have, you know, you go out and you have a strip steak and you have a sweet potato and you have a green salad, that's all great, very savory, but you still crave more sweetness. Like yeah. your palate still needs, you know, a different flavor, like whether it's a sour flavor, a pungent flavor, a bitter, sweet, we want all of that. 
So to be totally satisfied, and that's where the brain says, "Oh yeah, like I am. I'm safe now. now. I, yeah, yeah. I'm like, like I feel nourished at this point. So I don't deny myself something sweet. I have it. I have it first because I know that I'm gonna have dinner later. So I don't need a lot of it. Yeah, it's not like it's like, oh, my meal is ending, and I, you know, this is my dessert. And then also I know that it might raise my blood sugar levels, but then I have a savory, satisfying, balanced meal to stabilize my blood sugar that's- levels. So cool. So I'll end with a huge spike. So like I eat the savory dinner where my cells, you know, are full. It's like okay, we're we're good. Like we're please all don't content. introduce anything like, else. Yeah, yeah. But then all of a sudden you get this spike in your blood sugar levels with the ending with a sweet, and then you want more. So then yeah. you go home and you're like, oh, chips and salsa sounds good, or yeah. you know, oh, some popcorn because like, you still have sugar now rushing through your or insulin now rushing through your system. So that's genius. So oh I God. eat my dessert first. I yes, love that. Quirky. That is such so a great down, quirk. Order that, and you probably you're probably very fiercely protective over it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like something that people know about me. Like my husband knows. Like oh, she does dessert first. That's what she. That's you know, so She'll funny. order dessert first. One of my favorite desserts is I make a sweet potato, black bean, and tahini brownies. <gasps> and I have tricked my father-in-law. He doesn't know <laughs> that it has all this stuff in it. Like it's it's literally like sweet potato cacao uh, black beans or kidney beans um and some really nice. other yummy stuff arrowroot powder so. and he has no idea what's in it <laughs> and i'll eat an entire pan of it that's like my favorite dessert yeah. is this super rich sweet oh, potato brownies they're yum. delicious that sounds awesome yeah, they're so yummy yes. so definitely that's where balance again comes in it's like oh we need balance in our nutrition yeah. not denying dessert i remember a time in my life that I was so strict with the diet, and I remember watching like Paula Dean and the Food Network, and, uh, and being like, "One day I'll be able to have that." Oh my gosh, Paula <laughs> Dean—that's so funny. But now, guilty like, pleasures you, watching her cook. But when you eat healthy, it's like you can have something sweet, and you don't even want that anymore. You don't want you can right. do it, and you're like, "Oh, I can still satisfy my sweet craving. I can still have brownies if I can do that. Do it in a healthy way." Yeah, which is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's interesting too how quickly your palate changes Mm -hmm. like I now drink black coffee Mm -hmm. three years ago I never thought that would be possible Mm -hmm. but when you start eating nourishing organic real food I can't eat a Reese's peanut butter cup I try and I'm like and I I don't mind sweets I'm a salty gal I love salt but even salt like there's certain things that I eat and I'm like hmm that is so salty but I used to eat it every night after dinner so yeah, it's amazing how quickly, like I, just within a couple of weeks, how quickly your palate changes Absolutely. and you start craving quinoa mm-hmm. and weird stuff that you would yes. never think. And you can eat so much more of healthy food where yeah. you're not hungry all the time. Yeah. For you know, and, and get more out of it, more energy, yeah. more vitality. You know, clear a clearer mind. Yeah. Say all this, and I'm going to go get a smoothie at the blend right after this because it's like (laughs) peanut butter and chocolate, and it's it's nourishing food, but. Oh, it I fills love you it. up. I know. Yeah, but that's, you know, I tell people who come in here for fitness training, I say, you know, the first month, it, whether it's with nutrition or fitness training, it's really more about the changes, the habit yeah, changes. Recalibrating. Yeah, yeah. recalibrating. Um, it's neurological. Your nervous system is upgrading. You're learning new movements. You're getting it down. And that's really important, you know, like to get your alignment, to get your mobility before you just jump into something where it could lead to injury down the road. It's, it's so important to learn the proper body mechanics and um, have good kinesthetic awareness, know how to do things properly Yeah. Um, versus just being like, I'm going to do it just to do it. Right. Yeah. That's like that old mindset. Like I'm just going to do it. Bootstraps and, and grit. Yeah. Grit. Yeah. <laughs> and it's more like, how does it feel? Let's do this right. Let's make it sustainable. And, you know, hopefully you'll be doing, push-ups and squats and exercises until your physical body is I done here on I'm doing it when yeah. I'm 100. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. My goal is to live on 112. Right. You're a piece of that, that too. I love that. Yeah. I love that. I've always had 108, but now I'm going to have to rethink yeah, it. Yeah, like, bump see. it up yeah. a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, maybe 112, it's opened my mind. Maybe 112 yeah. is possible. <laughs> I love those extra years. That's so fun. Yeah, four more extra years would be really yeah, good. Yeah, but feeling good. Yeah, those years. I want to like, live as long as I'm so living. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to, yeah, I love yeah. that. Like to live as long as you're living, like to yeah. really live, to really experience, to you know, be capable and um, mobile. Yeah, and, you know, it starts now. What people say a lot um, when they come in here for a consultation and they get started with training is, "I wish I'd start sooner." Oh, yeah, yeah, I wish I just start sooner. Powerful. Yeah, because 
you know, going on those vacations, those trips that, you know, being able to walk around Italy or wherever you are, you feel good for that to be able to get down on the ground and play with your kids and your grandkids. You know, I find that now as a mother to an 11 month old, it's like, you know, he's starting to get his feet under him and get walking. He's crawling everywhere. I'm always in this position. I'm still breastfeeding as well. So it's like, I'm always holding and carrying. I'm happy to have these tools to be able to bring my body back to balance so I can keep doing doing those things. Yeah. Well, one of the first things I told you when you asked what my goals were was Mm -hmm. my my boys already at three and five want to bike the Colorado Trail. And I'm like, I'm going to have teenage boys one day and I need to be able to like, they're looking at Mount Princeton right now at this age going, I'm going to be on that. I'm like, that means I have to be too. So, so yeah, like there, there are, um, there are reasons to work out other right. than just to look good or right. to have a bikini body. Like, cause I, I know that that was my goal all through my teens and twenties mm-hmm. was I just want to go to the beach and like mm-hmm. be hot. And now I'm like, I want to be able to bike pack the Colorado trail yes. with my boys whenever they're ready to do it. So you're working right now on an online program. Yes. Tell us about that. Cause I'm really excited for this and you're filming it with one of my dear friends and mm-hmm. I just adore Allison to death. So I'm so glad that you guys are creating this. Thank you. Yes, I've been wanting to do this for a long time. It's more through necessity. It's like people are always asking, what do I do outside of here? What do I do in the meantime? And I have blogs. I have some YouTube videos, but um, not the way that Allison can really document in a beautiful way. So I am so excited to be able to bring that component. I've been wanting to do this for a long time just to impact more people, to reach more people, to have resources so that people can you know, my clients can continue to progress, uh, be here in the studio with me, but also have, you know, their home program. This is your homework. This is what you can do with anywhere yeah. with minimal equipment. And that's one of my favorite things to teach people is just how to work with your body versus against it yeah. and to exercise wherever you are, where it really is a part of your lifestyle. It's not like, oh, I'm out of town for a week for work, so I can't work out at all because I'm not there at the studio with Kelly. It's like, no, there are things that you can do. And then they have to really teach people how to, how to have the body awareness to do it on their own. Yeah. And to also be really humble, to be like, if they jump into a class. I want my clients to be able to do anything they want to do. If they want to go jump into a class, if they want to go hiking, if they want to go raft the river, it's like, that's awesome. I want them to feel capable and confident to do that. And part of that, confidence is knowing like, oh, I know I'm not ready for that. Yeah. So knowing like what you can what do your own limits to are. and what your own, yeah, what your own limits are where you can really self-assess. Yeah. So that's what I'm excited for about this program is, you know, being able to offer those tools to people through many different modalities. That's really that amazing. And also you, you, you had mentioned like being on vacation and not working out. And I think that mentality, which I still have people in my life who are like, I'm working out to get to vacation and then I'm going to do whatever I want. And once you do adopt that lifestyle mentality, it's like, why, why do you have to eat yourself into oblivion? I mean, enjoy it, but like, you don't, it doesn't stop just because of your location change. You can still take care of yourself, but it might like, whenever I go on vacation with my, my family, we're, we're going to South Carolina in November. I know it's going to be a lot of walking on the beach with my mom and that's okay because, but, but it doesn't, yeah, that's yeah. But it doesn't mean that I just toss caution to the wind and Mm -hmm. yeah, whenever it does become part of your lifestyle and your identity, you like, you adopt a new identity of no, Mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm a healthy person. These are my values. Yeah. These are my values. I take care of myself no matter where I am or what I'm doing or who I'm with. And I can clearly communicate those values to these people. Yes. And I always tell people the wanting is often better than the having. There's all this like dopamine Mm -hmm. that's released. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to go and have like, they have this food there and they're known for it. It's going to be amazing. And then a lot of times you get into that experience, kind of like my experience staying there on stage, you know, to bring it back full circle. It's like, huh. This isn't as good as I thought it was going to be. Like yeah. the mind always plays these tricks of like, oh, this is so good. But then you end up feeling kind of bad because you're like, oh, this, I went against. It's like betraying yourself in a way. You're like, this actually is not in alignment with my values. Yeah. I actually really love waking up and feeling good and energized. Yeah. And yeah, not having aches and pains. Right. And so Absolutely. That's the sort of motivation that really keeps you going. 
That's beautiful. I'm so glad we did this. And too, for, for people who need the, the, the audio learning, where can people learn more about you and reach out to you to work with you? Sure. So our website is elementalconditioning.com. Mm-hmm. Um, there you can book a session right on the website, on the homepage. We also have a newsletter, um, which I need to get that rolling more, more consistently. But, um, when you opt in, you'll get that daily tracker, which is something that I use. It's kind of like how my brain works of like using fitness as as a lifestyle, like day to day. It's like, wow, every day really can be an adventure. You don't have to go on a crazy immersive experience. I mean, unless you want to, which is awesome, then you totally should. Um, yeah. But, but barring, like, yeah, yeah. like I do like a six month journey away. Like, like I said, it's not feasible at that at this time. It's not feasible at this time in my life anymore to go off for six months. It's just like, like I'm doing me. Yeah. Um, later. So it's just how we can work in day to day and see like, wow, every, every stage of life is really so unique. And fitness is a part of every stage of life. It's not, you know, diet, get in shape for that vacation or this or that. I mean, that's okay. That's a great goal to have, you know, to want to improve. But it's also important to just keep going, you know, because, yeah, yeah, discipline, the discipline that we have and the accountability that we hold ourselves to really does breed a lot of happiness, Mm -hmm. you know, for us being like, wow, this is making me feel good. I'm showing up for myself. Yeah. That's amazing. Kelly, thank you so much. Thank you. I love this so much. Oh, yeah. And oh, should I say one more thing? Yeah. We have our newsletter that you can opt into on the website. And then we also have our Instagram, which is elemental underscore conditioning. Perfect. Elemental conditioning. On Yay. Instagram. And yeah. we're, we'll have all these in the show notes as well. Okay. You can click on the links and cool. reach out to Kelly, but I'm so excited we did this. Thank you so much Thank for, you. for hosting in your beautiful space. Thank you for Thanks letting for me be here. Coming in and meeting with me and for helping me get this message out to people. Just fitness is a lifestyle. It is. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys so much for being here. We'll see you next time on The Fearless Empire.